Welcome to Wheel to Wheel F1. I'm Noah Hicks, joined by Tanner Hicks and Lance Ellington. And today we're going to do our race preview for the Saudi Arabian Grand Prix. Just like last time with our last race preview, we're going to do storylines of the week, kind of if we're buying some hype going into the race. We're going to do our interesting facts, two truths and a lie from Tanner. He's also going to pose as Tanner the Heat Hicks and give us the weather forecast for this weekend. Lance Big Bookie Ellington is going to lead us in betting props and kind of talk over what are some good takes for this weekend. And then we're going to wrap it up with our podium predictions for the Saudi Arabian Grand Prix. But before we get into all that, I don't live near these guys. Lance, how you doing? I'm doing good. I'm happy to be recording this podcast tonight. You know, work is work. Sadly, I don't do this podcast for a living. Not yet. At least not yet. But Workers work, so I'm happy to be sitting here having a cold one and uh, shooting the shit with my boys and, and getting into the Saudi, or the Saudi Arabian Grand Prix and kind of taking a preview into what we might see this weekend. How are you doing, Tanner? You know, it's been a much longer week than I anticipated. I thought work was going to be fine, and then it, uh, it wasn't. Yesterday sucked, but uh, we're one day closer to the Grand Prix this weekend now. So I'm, I'm, my mood is very steadily increasing. I am, I'm, I'm in a good place right now and I can't wait to, to get some more racing this weekend. Love to hear it. Love to hear it. As for me, I knew this week was going to be hard work wise. So I'm, <laughs> I knew it was going to feel long and so it has. And, um, but yeah, I'm pumped for the race this weekend. Also pumped for, Tanner and I's little brother maybe coming down this weekend to Atlanta, but yeah, let's do, let's, let's do some formula one guys. So Lance, you want to take us away with kind of what are our expectations for this race? What are some, some storylines we're seeing who's kind of trending upwards for this, this race at the Jetta circuit? Yeah, so some things I'm watching. Obviously, we have the two teams at the top with Red Bull and Ferrari kind of having those supercars, which definitely seem to be a step ahead of everyone else on the grid at the current moment. But what I'm most interested in seeing is if Haas, Alfa Romeo, and even Alpine to that extent, if they can repeat some of the success that we saw previously in Bahrain. You know, we saw Alpine and Alfa Romeo stick two cars in the top 10. And we saw Magnussen with that glorious P5 finish with Haas. And I want to know, can, can the success be repeated, you know, particularly in the Haas case? Does lightning strike twice? Is this going to be a regular thing? So uh, that's what I'm looking for. Tanner, what are, you, what are you trying to see this weekend getting into the second race of the season? I'm pretty much with you. Um, I, I, I can't wait to see just how fast all of these cars are this weekend. And I really think that, you know, some of those Kevin Magnuson's Valtteri Botas's could be finishing up in that P5, P6 range. It really depends how many cars at the top end of the grid, the Mercedes, the Red Bull, the Ferraris that we see in the walls and going into the pit lane way earlier than they were supposed to for this race. So it'll be interesting to see what happens, but, uh, I can't wait to see. I, I want more evidence of how fast these cars really are. Obviously, street circuits can be, I guess, misleading as far as that goes, uh, since they're a little weird with uh, 
with some tight corners and it's not in a conventional race, but it at least will give us more basis to, to tell what are the fastest cars. Yeah. And with that, you know, with, with a lot of street circuits, you see these kind of tight areas that cars have to drive in. You can't go three wide, like you can at some circuits and at Jetta, we know not only is it narrower, kind of tighter, they have very fast corners. So where we had in the last race, we had cars that had these slow corners where you really had to downshift a lot. And so for this race, we're going to have cars flying through these corners and, you know, that'll increase the potential for uh, action, <laughs> what shall we say. And, and so I'm looking forward to that. One of the big storylines that I don't know that you guys mentioned is I'm, I'm curious to see if all of the Red Bull powertrain cars can make it through the race. Are they going to have the same reliability concerns? They said that it had something to do with their fuel pump. Some people thought they ran out of fuel, which seems a little unbelievable to me. Uh, I don't know if I'm ready to overreact that much, even though I do on most episodes. But it'll, it'll be interesting to see, to see what these Red Bull cars can do reliability-wise and how much pace they can bring. Because we know that they can all bring the pace, but will they be able to finish the race? Will their drivers you know, be unlucky or end up in, in, in accidents. We know that uh, some of those Red Bull powertrain drivers and, and guys like Max Verstappen and Yuki Tsunoda drive a kind of more risky style of driving. So that kind of lends itself towards um, accidents, but we'll see. I'm excited. No, definitely excited to see what Red Bull comes out with this week. You know, I think there's a lot of intrigue there. Granted, how the last how the last race finished and how last week went. But thinking of another team that had a disappointing, I guess, first race of the season, McLaren. I'm really to see how do they come out the second time, right? They had a weird strategy in Bahrain starting on the medium compound. They definitely did not perform well, even given the reduced expectations. You know, I think they still fell short. So are they going to come out a bit stronger? Will they have what's considered even the normal strategy? What is Lando going to look like? What is Ricardo going to look like? I'm just curious to see what happens there. And you got to be thinking Lando Norris, you know, it's just one race, but he just signed this bigger extension with McLaren. And not that he's already going to have second thoughts, but it definitely has to be quite frustrating as a driver to not be given a car that you think, you know, can put you in the top of the grid. Yeah, and on that, I think one of the other interesting things to follow is we did talk about how we were kind of not ready to jump ship for McLaren yet. And we said that they, or I know I did, I said that they were faster than the other Mercedes-powered cars besides Mercedes. But one thing that we did see throughout the week is that Aston Martin was losing about six, I think it was six kilometers per hour. Um, my American self almost said miles, but I want to say it was kilometers, which is, is pretty significant. And they were losing that due to porpoising, which is something that McLaren doesn't struggle with. And so assuming Aston Martin can figure that out, we could see them being even quicker than the McLaren, uh, which I don't know if that's actually true, but it's a possibility. So, so we'll see this weekend if they figured it out, A, or, and, and B, if they have. Are they going to be quicker? Are they going to be closer to challenging for the points? We know Lance Stroll did finish 12th, which was a decent result looking at how the car was performing 
on last weekend. Yeah, and I think one thing that the McLaren drivers might be able to benefit from this weekend if they are uh, a little bit further behind in the pack like they were last weekend, if there are a bunch of wrecks that take out the top drivers and the top of the grid, they can just smoothly go through the carnage, avoid all the wreckage, and, uh, and, and climb their way up into the points. So they might be able to avoid the, uh, the hailstorm that's going to that's gonna hit the, the top of the grid maybe this weekend with this being such a dangerous circuit. And even thinking about Aston Martin, one thing to touch on there that's exciting about this race is seeing Vettel, you know, for the first time in Formula One in 2022, the four-time world champ. I think that's going to be fun to see him out there and see him compete with the Mercedes engine, you know, and see how he's doing as an experienced driver in the new car with maybe the, the lesser engine. I think that's going to be really exciting and fun to watch. Yeah, very true. I hope I hope none of you F1 fans were too attached to Nico Hülkenberg because if, uh, if all goes according to Aston Martin's plans, we won't be seeing him again this season. But he's around. He's, he's around. around. He's in the rafters. He's on speed dial. He's on speed dial for a lot of teams. So, so don't be a hundred percent surprised if we see Nico Hulkenberg racing again this year for even another team. Who knows? Mercedes could call him up. You're right. They could. <laughs> it's, a, it's a little yeah. bit of a reach for me. Uh, All right, but but who who are they calling up if they need somebody? They're not calling up Latifi. They're not calling up Albon because he's a Red Bull boy. Tanner wants, think, Tanner's whispering Oscar Piastri. I don't know that they'll call him up. I don't know who would, they would call up. I mean, it might be Nick DeVries. It might be somebody else. I, I mean, I Esteban Alcon has a relationship with Mercedes. They could call him up. That wouldn't be the craziest thing ever. Um, I think they're more likely to call Hulk. If you say so. I, I don't know. Hey, I, this is a... This is a conversation that doesn't need to Do they to still have Van Dorn? Do they still have Van Dorn as a reserve driver? I think they might. That's a I'm possibility. Doing, doing as some well. quick internet research, trying to <laughs> trying to check it out. You know, give you guys the most up-to-date news. Yeah. Well, well this this is all. Oh, you know, I was thinking to myself the other day. I, I was I was I was thinking uh, us as as casual F1 fans kind of talking and podcasting about formula one and and i said hang on are are we casual fans anymore like i i I don't even know what to call us like we're we're podcasting twice a week are we more than casuals now you might still be a casual i I don't know that your takes are developed enough to call you an expert uh lance and i might be yeah lance (laughs) and i be might be an echelon above but i don't know about you (laughs) i'll say this I think I could do just as good of a job as Will Buxton did on Drive to Survive. Did you know and that first th- is that's, in front of second? <laughs> I did not. And that's given a lot of credit to Will Buxton. You know, it is because I think very highly of myself. So I'm saying he's doing a great job with that show is all. <laughs> hey, he brings it. He brings it. <laughs> hey, hey. <laughs> Friend of the pod, Will Buxton, always welcome on. <laughs> Absolutely. The, the, the what guy a lad. gets viewers. He, he's one of the main characters of Drive to Survive, which you wouldn't think that a journalist would be a main character for a Formula One show where you have the 20 best racers in the world. But here we are, and I love the show. No, but to answer your question, 
you know, I think we're more than casuals. We're definitely not analysts. I yeah. don't think we're, we're not journalists, but we're more than casuals. So I, I don't want to say die hard. So I don't know what the, what the term out there is other than we're just podcasters. I, don't know. I have one for that. I have one for that. And this is a term that's used more in, in, in Europe and, and particularly the, the real football, the, the, the term pundits, I would say we're pundits. Uh, so it's, it's usually kind of personalities of the sport that, that have maybe their takes and opinions and, uh, but, but they, they're not analysts. They don't put in the same research that an analyst might. So, so I would say we, we could qualify under pundits. We are from the South. I would go as far to say we're learned F1 fans. Learned? Learned. (laughs) (laughs) We are learned F1 fans. Y'all heard it here first. Oh, my God. There goes our Southern listeners. We do. We do have the circuit. We do have the circuit in Texas is all I'm saying, okay? We do have that here in America. And, and hey, there's even talks of of more circuits coming to America on that note. You know, we got – just added Miami. Looks like Vegas may be coming into the fold here soon. Heck, they're, they're talking about going from 22, 23 races, jumping up all the way to 30. And I just, I don't know. That seems like a lot. That seems like they're overdoing it a bit. I love Formula One. 30 is just, that's getting a little much for me. What do you guys think? Yeah, it's too many races. Uh, I'm not even going to give any leeway on that. It's too many races. It takes away the value of every single race at that point, it'd be shocking if we had a battle as close as Lewis's and Max's was last season, given even the current format, adding more races to that. We're just going to see the barrier between uh, in points just grow and grow and grow between all the drivers. So we're not going to see those close title races. Um, last year, we were super lucky it's hard to say we're going to get lucky again. And we definitely won't get that lucky if we have 30 races. Yeah, I agree. And and one thing that I immediately think of is as the sport grows, as viewership grows, I mean, we saw the, the biggest U S uh, following, I think it was like 1.35 million listeners or watchers for the last Grand Prix in Bahrain uh, last week. And, and that was the largest for maybe just Bahrain, but I think it was, it was also the largest for the first Grand Prix of a season. And, and so for something like that, we see the sport growing. And so when I see things that are like, we want to expand to 30 races in a season, I think, okay, that's a money grab. Yes. But what happens to the revenue structure? How does that get allocated to teams how does that get allocated to their engineers how does that get allocated to the extra parts that they're going to have to buy i mean you think about how many engines that they're allowed to use per season i think it's four or by engines i mean power units i think it's four and then there are a lot of other regulations on how many different other parts you can use per year. So those regulations have to go up. Those costs have to go up. So the owners have to fork over that money, which obviously they're pulling in more from the season, assuming that they get that share of the revenue. But there's this whole downstream effect that I start thinking about when you, when you talk about expanding the, the race calendar. And that's not, a, that's not even 
touching on the mental stress and physical stress on the drivers, the engineers, or that that whole group. That's that's something that one race is is incredibly taxing. I mean, there's a reason that they weigh themselves at the end of races. And and so you you start to wonder, is this something that the drivers are going to be okay with expanding to that many races per year? Yeah, who knew who knows? Maybe we'll start getting a, like a motorsport driver union kind of deal, you know. Maybe a plant like a driver association if they continue to kind of push the limits here of what uh of what these driver drivers are able to handle both mentally and physically, you well, know, throughout a season, let alone the engineers. Who's, who's, who's president? president? Yeah, yeah, because I think, with all I think of it's these obvious. I think it's obvious. There's a I think president. you have you have Sebastian Vettel. Sebastian Vettel. He is the he is the player's voice or the driver's voice. He has what's best in mind for them. He has the experience. You know, maybe you know. I think I think he would be great for it. Right up his alley. Absolute same page. And he's one of the best leaders on the grid. And that's not even kind of a competition. That man. That man definitely took some leadership classes. (laughs) Yeah, he's well liked too. (laughs) But anyway. That was just fun to hear your guys' thoughts on if we got to those 30 races. But let's get back to the task at hand, previewing the Saudi Arabian Grand Prix. Yeah, Tanner, you want to you wanna do our, 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 our fun little two truths and a lie and see if you can trick Lance and I again this week? Yeah, we're here. I'm 1-0. We're going to see how long that lasts. We're going to see if my record improves. Or, or we'll see if you guys can get on the board. All right. Going from the top, first fact, in 2021, Saudi Arabian Grand Prix, Max Verstappen won driver of the day. Number two, Esteban Ocon gained the most places during the 2021 Saudi Arabian Grand Prix. Fact number three, and this is where we get a little weird, Fernando Alonso had the quickest total pit stop time in one pit at the race. What in the world? So, hey, okay. Hmm. So, I, all right. All right, Lance. I so, don't know about the pit stop. I'll just, I'm uh, going to throw, that's the easy one to put in the gray box, right? We'll yep. talk about that later. Yep. That's in the gray box. Let's talk about Esteban Alcon first. So I'm pretty sure this is the race last year where Esteban Ocon got passed on the last lap. All right. Mm -hmm. And so that means he finished and that was for a podium position. So that means he finished fourth and Alpine isn't qualifying higher than ninth. So I don't, you got to remember this was the same one with the crash though. There's the same one with the crash with some retirements. And Mm -hmm. I'm thinking there may have been someone that, that took advantage of it a bit higher, right? That had, you know, took advantage of the crash better and was able to move up more spots than what Ocon had. That's That's what what I'm I'm thinking. I don't don't have a name in mind. Like, I just, I think someone else took advantage of it better than he did. Yeah, what if if someone eked in the ninth that qualified like 16th? So that's eight places. Ocon finished fourth. What if he qualified in 10th? That's only six places. Or I'm thinking even in like a, a 12 to six, right? That's the same amount of places. And that's yeah. realistic as well, given the crash that took place. So huh. I, I say we, we'd say that's, that's 
All right, so Max Verstappen, driver of the day. So we well, know we he didn't. Know. This is an infamous race, folks. This is the one where there were constant fights between Lewis and Max. There were a few uh, steward decisions that that hurt Max for obvious reasons. He kind of deserved it. He he brake checked Lewis Hamilton when he was told to give the position up. And so, and we also know that I, I don't think Max qualified on pole. I think this is the one where he was putting it in what Crofty called the best qualifying lap of the season before he wrecked towards the end of the lap. And so I don't think he qualified on pole. I, but I don't know. I think Lewis might have been on pole for this. I'm not, I think positive. he was. I think Lewis, I'm gonna was have on to. Pole. I think, I don't know. I think Fernando Alonso having that pissed off, that's that's pretty specific, and that's really tough for me to shake, so I'm just going to have to go with that's true because yeah, I Tanner, can't read say me otherwise. that again. Read me that again. Fernando How Alonso. Where did you find this fact? I found a f- fun website. It had all of the total pit stop time, so it's not like just the time of a tire change, right? It's not the sub-two-second tire change time that Red Bull goes for. It's the total pit stop time they – clock you when you enter they clock and and they end the clock when you leave and so this the fact is fernando alonso had the quickest total pit stop time of all the drivers so what this is like he had two pit stops and they both lasted two and a half seconds no no no, no, no. So sorry five sorry seconds no not no i'm talking like you know they enter the pit stop they uh, get their tire change the pit lane leave. you mean they yeah, enter yeah, yeah the pit yeah. lane okay okay i'm gonna i'm gonna have to go with alonso is probably the truth I think so too. Because why would fuzzy on Verstappen? But because it's not funny if we miss the Alonso one. I may have to go with the Ocon one. I really do. Thinking about that crash, I feel like it's an obvious one to think is true. But it could be like a reverse psychology thing, you know? Like, oh, he got the most places. You guys remember what took place? He finished fourth. But actually, you think Verstappen was definitely driver of the day? Okay, I'll say this: because he finished second. I know, I know, but we know we don't. They don't always like to give it to the champ. That's that's relatively true. I would say, you know, usually, you know, he most overtakes or something like that. I I like thinking. You tell me this then, Noah. Do you think it's more likely Verstappen got driver of the day, or that Ocon moved up the most places? You know, I just had a little idea. What if Verstappen? Oh, so Ocon finished high. That's no doubt. Verstappen crashed out of Q three. So what if Verstappen makes up the most places and wins driver of the day? So that rules out Alcon completely. That's a possibility. So say, see, so he crashes out of P uh, out of Q3. That puts him at P10. He makes up eight places. Alcon maybe makes it into Q3, finishes P9, P8, makes it into fourth. That's only four or five places. I think I think I have my answer. All right, I'm I'm, I'm locking in my answers. Fernando Alonso, fastest uh, pit stop, how you've defined it. I think that's true. I think Max Verstappen was driver of the day, and I think Esteban Esteban Ocon making up the most places or gaining the most places. I think that is the lie. That's false. I'm with Lance. All right, I'm with Lance. Well, boys. After the second two truths and a lie of the season, 
we're even. We're one and one. You guys yes! are right. Come on. Come on. All right. Glad Get I in. built up this suspense. Noah, uh, I'm not going to say you were on one with that last take. You're just like, oh, Max Verstappen gained a bunch of places. Nobody gains places in Jeddah. That's not a thing that happens. They don't do a ton of overtakes in Jeddah. Max Verstappen's driver of the day, let's be frank, it was a little BS. He qualified in third. Yes, he crashed out of his last flying lap, but he put in a really solid time in his first flying lap of Q3. Oh. So he qualified in P3. He was just fine. And he raced. He had the dirtiest race of anybody that entire season in Jeddah. The fact that he got driver of the day is absolutely mental to me. I don't understand it at all. I didn't really think that I would get you guys with it, but I was hoping. Uh, I thought about making the lie, the pit stop time, but Lance and Noah, you're both right. That would have been a little dirty. So I decided not to do that. And I kept it with Alcon. Uh, Lance, you were spot on. A bunch of drivers uh, gained a bunch of places because of the the wrecks. Um, Carlos Sainz and Lance Stroll each gained seven places during the race. Neither of them had particularly good races. Carlos Sainz qualified in P15 because he kept spinning out in Q2. Uh, he, he's not good at in Jetta. I don't expect big things from Carlos Sainz this weekend. And Lance Stroll was another, you know, he was just a beneficiary of all the wrecks that happened and all the stoppages that happened in Jetta as well. So they tied for the most case places gained with seven. Max Verstappen inexplicably one driver of the day coming p2 racing extremely dirty no you mentioned he break checked lewis he also was forced to give up his place to lewis at one point gave it up for a solid one and a half seconds roughly and then took it back uh so that he could get drs on the upcoming straight uh he forced lewis and alcon wide once it was it was the dirtiest race of the season. You can't change my mind. He came P2. The fans dro- voted him driver of the day. It was ridiculous. Uh, apparently, a bunch of people in in uh, in Holland were voting that day, but uh, he won it. So that's that, that's the two truths and a lie well, for not, Saudi Arabian nice, Grand Prix. Nice job, Tanner. I think you did a good job there. That was enjoyable. I'm really ha- liking it. Because Noah and I even the even the playing field. We got back to one one. We didn't put ourselves in a hole too early on in this two truths and a lie going into the season. You know, I just I want to remind you two of one thing. You don't have to agree. We we might not have. We almost didn't okay. last time. We almost right. didn't we were closer this time because I think we were we were thinking about the same things. My logic was flawed this time. I'll give you that. Yeah, we had different logic to get to this conclusion. I'll say that. I think I've said my my answer first so far this year. So I'll let Noah start start it off next time for our next preview yeah. in a couple of weeks. Listen, but if I if I'm reaching on my takes, absolutely call me out. You guys can both get it right. You know, that's what it is. Just just know sometimes you don't have to pick the same things. You can you can be an independent thinker. No, I'm looking at you. All right. All right. Well, I mean, I'll, 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 you, you can say that when I, when we both get it wrong. All right. But we both got it right. So, okay. uh, yeah, not, so, not the time you know, to have that opinion is it's, it's just both of our so, big so brains besting yours. 
Let's uh let's throw it over to our weatherman and see what it's gonna be like this weekend at the Grand Prix. Yeah, Tanner for us. Tanner temperature hicks. Give it to us, man. I thought it was the heat hicks, but you know, taking it out of Jeddah, Saudi Arabia, just as you would expect, it is hot, hot, hot. You can expect it in the high 80s this weekend and a little windy too. Interesting enough, the forecast show uh, up to 20 mile per hour winds, which is something Hold on just notable. one second. Hold on just one second. I think we have some European viewership. And I just want to point out that you said in the high 80s, for, for our foreign listeners, that is in Fahrenheit. So just, just I don't think they to... could figure that out. No, I'm glad you pointed that out. <laughs> I, 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 they must have been thinking 80 degrees Celsius and just losing their minds. Thank well, you, so I, I don't the, think that they cleared were, up a ton. but I really just want to be considerate of our of all of our listeners. It, it's about inclusivity, Tanner. Okay. No. Hey, you, hey, you, you're, I will you're say heartthrob. We we love the international listeners, whether you're anywhere in Europe, anywhere in Asia, South America, Mexico, the U.S., wherever you're at, we appreciate you tuning in to Wheel to Wheel every week. But Tanner, oh. you said it's going to be hot. What are we thinking race strategy? Do we have any idea on what these cars, what these teams are thinking since the heat is there? It's going to be tough. And one thing I quickly want to point out, uh, we do appreciate the European listeners enough to the point where we think they're smart enough to understand that 80 degrees doesn't mean 80 degrees Celsius. <laughs> I value their intelligence <laughs> and respect them enough. <laughs> and to answer your question though, it'll be interesting. Um, it, the race last year couldn't tell us very much because we had two red flags to stop the session. And so we had two restarts. So those were some very, very convenient times uh, for teams to stop and, and change their tires. Um, so it, it'll be tough to figure it out. There's no chance there's a one stopper. Uh, I, it'll be too hot for that. And, and I don't, I don't see that happening. So it'll, it'll most likely be a two stopper. I don't think we'll see a three stopper again, like we did last week. Uh, but it'll be interesting. I, I put my money on two stop being the quickest, uh, this week with a, the higher temperatures and B just the fact that they're also getting used to these, uh, new Pirelli tires. And so I would guess a two stopper. Nice. Nice. Well, thanks for, thanks for the breakdown. Um, let's throw it over to our, our, our bookie Lance, big bookie Ellington. What do you have for us today? Yeah, so just just a quick recap for for all our fans who are following us along with this betting this season. We we missed last week on our bet of the week. We missed on Red Bull, you know. Ferrari did take that crown from us. But I will say we were right, you know, on our other bet of Botas getting in the points, the long shot sitting there. I think it was at plus 250 at the time we posted the podcast. And that quickly changed after qualifying. So that was a good bet you could have taken. We talked about taking Ferrari if you did believe they were going to be good. That ended up being good. I will say we whiffed a bit between Pierre Gasly and Lando Norris as possible top six finishes. Gasly probably would have if not for his failure, but that also means the Red Bulls wouldn't have, so probably not then. <laughs> and then Lando, no really excuses there. Just kind of dropped the ball on maybe some expectations for McLaren, focusing too much on last year. So who knows? I'd say we're like 50-50 after last race. Let's see what we got this time around. So I'm going to start us off with some points finish. So we all know this track, 
you know, Jetta, it's going to be interesting. It'll be interesting to see what happens. There may be some crashes. Maybe some things will happen. And so after seeing these cars last week and who we think, you know, is going to be able to get into the points, the two drivers that I like who are kind of on the outside are Mick Schumacher at plus 130 as well as Yuki, who we saw in the points, at plus 120. So again, if you want to take the minus odds, they're already going to be favorites. I'm looking for some places where we can win money. Maybe somebody slips up, you know, bad turn happens, a crash, a bump here or there. And those are the two guys I like getting into the points. What do you guys think? I like those. Those are really interesting ones. Um, Yuki's a tough one uh, for the biggest reason being I think he's in a slower car than some of those Ferrari engines. I think he's probably in a slower car than Haas and probably in a slower car than Alfa Romeo right now. Uh, so it's tough for me to think that that Yuki's going to eke it out. I could see Mick doing it, though. He he had an unfortunate race last weekend getting spun out by Ocon in the uh, uh, early stages, and that kind of set him back for the rest of the race. Uh, we saw you know, Akon and and Mick have a great relationship. And so, and I say that because uh, I'm an Alpine, Alpine fan and I'm covering Akon's tracks. Um, but we saw Akon go after the race. Not, he didn't do anything before he went and apologized to Mick. That was kind of his, his big thing that he wanted to do for the weekend. Man took off, man took off. He saw Mick getting out of his car and I don't, I don't know if anyone else saw the video uh, for our viewers, but but find that video. <laughs> find that video. You see Esteban Alcon jogging and you're sprinting to, to catch Mick while he's getting out of his car to apologize right after the race. So, yeah, uh, I will no. give it to you. It, it, you're, you're not being a complete homer right now. No, no, they're good friends. Uh, Mick was at Alcon's birthday party last year, so <laughs> that, that was something. Aww. Oh yeah. Cute relationship. But anyways, um, yeah, no, but I could see Mick doing a lot this weekend in that, in that quick Haas car. Again, it'll be tough. Uh, last year he had an accident, um, not a collision with another car. This was just something where, uh, he ran into a wall in the race. And so he was the first to retire out of the race. And so he doesn't have a great track history here in Saudi Arabia. So it's a risky one. Granted, you know, if we're talking track histories in this race, this is the second time ever racing in Saudi Arabia. So I don't, nobody really has that much experience here. Um, but based off of the little amount we have, Mick, Mick is probably a little bit at the bottom of the pack compared to everybody else, being the only one to uh, crash on his own out of the race last year. Um, that said, I do like Haas. I do think their car is fast and I could see that being a strong bet. It's not one I'm going to put my entire foot forward for, um, but I like it a little bit more than Yuki. Yeah. I, I think I mostly agree with you. I, I actually like Yuki more than Nick for this one. For some reason, I, I can't really, uh, can't, can't really defend it with that much. I just think Yuki's a good driver. He's seen, He's, I guess he's seen the track as much as Mick has, but I, 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 I want Haas to do very well again, but I, I wonder if they will. Um, it, it's going to take a lot for them to, you know, be near the points and come 
sixth again. And I, I, I think I trust Alpha Tauri a little more to, to figure that out and, and for Yuki to get in the points. But what I, what I would say to anyone actually putting money on this is maybe put five bucks on each of these because I, I will guarantee the, the Noah Hicks guarantee that means absolutely nothing that one of them gets in the points. I don't, I don't think, I don't know if it'll be both. And I don't know which one for sure, but I, I would guess that one of them will. Um, especially knowing that this is a race that's kind of prone to retirements. Now we're going to hope that neither of those retirements are Yuki or Mick, but uh, I, I think there's a pretty decent chance that one of them makes it in. Yeah, no, fair enough. And I would just like to point out there are 11 drivers ahead of them who all have minus odds to have points finish. And the one driver directly behind them is Lando Norris and McLaren sitting at plus 145 to get the points. So the bookies haven't quite given up. The sports books have not given up on Lando Norris and McLaren. So neither have I. But I do not have any bets with them this week to say all that. But talking about this race and what we think, you know, how many cars are going to finish, what crashes may happen on this track. Last week, we almost saw all the cars finish. And the only reason three of them didn't were because of technical, you know, engine failures, nothing to do with the cars crashing into each other. I think the drivers right now, they may be a little hesitant, right? They're not as comfortable. They may not be as aggressive. The points aren't as tight. You know, it's a long season. They're still learning. So this is going to be my long shot bet of the week. I have the number of classified car classified drivers, which is the number of cars finishing the race. I have them over 17 and a half, which is giving you plus 350 odds. So what that means is we'll need 18 drivers to finish this race. That's all. Doesn't matter if they finish it on three wheels, if they finish it without a front wing. I just need 18 drivers to get across that line and win me my money. What do you guys think of this? That's an interesting one. Um, I understand why it's long shot odds partially just because you know how crazy this race was last year there's i would be surprised if there were two red flags for restarts again and there were five retired cars here last year it wouldn't be the craziest thing for five to be there again but i would still be shocked uh expecting 18 to finish it's a long shot i I, i'm not gonna put my money on it i could see it happening but the only thing I worry about, I'm not as worried about those Red Bull engines. I think they'll probably have a little bit of a rebound this weekend. But I think I, I do worry that there we'll see other mechanical failures this weekend, maybe from other cars, uh, maybe still from those Red Bull engines. And so it's an interesting one. I would again, I would be shocked if we saw as many retirements as we did last season. But I'm not sure I am bold enough to say we'll see 18 cars finish this race yeah that's a weird one you said it was plus 350 lance plus 350 over 17 and a half Hmm. yeah i i I see why it's a long shot as well i I think it's fun i I like it because we did see guys I don't want to say drive safely last weekend, but at the same time, I want to say drive safely. I think 
they're new to the cars. So they're a little, they're a little nervous. They maybe don't want to push it too hard. And one, one thing that, that we know drivers were at the end of last year was desperate. They, they lunged into challenges because their teams and their standings needed it. And so that, that resulted in more accidents, especially at the top. And so there's a, there's a reason that we saw so many retirements and you, you have to wonder if, if we're going to see so many in just the second race of the year, even though it is a pretty tough circuit to race on, maybe guys are cutting corners, trying to put in super laps during qualifying, but we don't know if they will for sure during the race. So I like this as a possibility uh, for the long shot bet, but it's not something that I would throw all my money on. Yeah. No, I, again, I thank you that. Sorry. I no. I think you put that beautifully. I, 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 that was, that was well done. I'll give you credit there. Oh, wow. Yeah, exactly. Maybe, maybe the odds are still pretty long, but maybe we can take advantage of the sports book relying on the amount of, shall we say incidents or red flags to happen that just took place three months ago when it was towards the end of the season, rather being just the second race of this season. Maybe those odds are boosted a bit. But anyway, continuing forward, we're going to start pushing towards a little bit closer to the top of the grid. Not quite there. So last week was an exciting race. We saw guys in the points that we hadn't seen there before, right? Some new faces, some exciting faces for it's been a while. And so getting back to a top six finish, I really want to, uh, you know, I, I want to do a good job this time with that. We missed it. You know, we need to do good. We need to get it right by the fans. I like Kevin Magnuson in the top six. I'm riding the hype train. I have him at plus 145 odds. I'm riding the hype train. What do you guys think of him for a top six finish? I think he's the best chance out of Mercedes, Red Bull, and Ferrari. Oh, uh, I wish those I really, odds were better. Yeah, I really wish that wasn't plus 145. I, I want to bet was, on yeah. K-Mag so bad. I wish that was like plus plus two hundred. That would make uh, me yeah. feel better. I hate I hate to tell you, the only, the first driver plus it jumps from plus one ninety five of Pierre Gasly in the top six to Esteban Ocon at plus three fifty. There's a bet. Let's so do just it. Just you, know, you know, that's almost, where it jumps. I, I think there's better value in that too. I like. Uh, I think there's better value in Esteban Ocon at top at at finishing in p6 or better uh at plus 350 especially that's that's pretty pretty great honestly but yeah i mean i like kevin magnuson to finish well that hoss looked really good it wasn't you know really like k mag was racing alone for most of the race which which means you know you're finishing at that high of a position that means you're you're uh you're in a pretty safe spot. Your car is in a pretty comfortable position so that it can compete in those those high spots. So I understand why the odds are lower. I'm kind of surprised that they're that the the books are that shifted. You know, maybe it's just a popular bet, and so it's pushed those odds down. Mm-hmm. Um, if it was a popular bet, they would give it better odds. They would want more people to bet on it because. They- the the bookies like vegas knows things right 
if it was a hugely popular bet, it would probably be because it was like plus 200 odds and they were excited about everybody falling for Haas where they probably shouldn't be. But doesn't um, that eventually drive the odds down? Yeah, yeah, but it's the second race. Oh, true. It's the second race. Vegas knows a lot about every sport. That's why they set the odds. And I don't know. I would be shocked if if they didn't know more about Haas than than we do. Um, I'm I, I believe in Haas. Uh, I wish it was better odds. I think I they're baiting us. Fair, fair I enough. Think, I think part of the problem with that too is is Kevin Magnuson didn't race last year. He's never so, been here before. So he's so he's never raced at Jeddah, which is a pretty tough track to drive. Hmm. Fair enough. Maybe let's just stick away from top six then. We weren't successful last week. We're not aligning here. Let's stick away from top six. And I got two more I want to do. So just All keep right. that in mind, Perfect. thinking about this time. Let's think about the podium, okay? Last year, Carlos Sainz maybe maybe didn't didn't have the best of time at the track. Granted. It was only one time, but that's all we had to go off of, right? Maybe he didn't have a great time. So who could get the podium spot from him? You know, he's the third favorite. Who could steal that? I'm going with our driver, Checo. Checo at plus 195 for a podium finish. I think that's good odds. You guys are talking about getting close to plus 200. I think that's pretty good odds right there for a guy who's definitely driving in at least the second best car on the grid and is right there what do you think tanner lance that's such a good bet (laughs) i I think that's such a good bet uh you you sold me on that you you were you're talking about carlos Sainz. i thought you were rearing up for saying that he was getting a podium i don't think he's getting a podium and i think checo's a good driver i'm not a red bull fan i'm definitely not a checo fan either but i like him for podium this week and so i think that's a very solid bet i really thought the odds would be a lot you know a lot worse on him i thought it would be closer to like plus 120 plus 140 plus 195 i might put, have to put money on that myself I, I i like that a lot that's great value i agree i like lance i think this is the the best bet yet uh for for this week i i don't want to jump into my podium predictions too much but but Checo's there and same and and part of that is because signs didn't do great here last year and and the red bull despite their issues last week they were very fast and so it's it'd be pretty easy to discount them because they had to retire their cars but i've got a sneaky feeling they're not going to do that again and and so yeah i mean I like the, those odds that there's great value there. Um, and yeah, that's, that's my favorite one so far. I like it. I'm happy to hear that. You know, we're riding, we're riding Checo. We're supporting him. And so I love it. My final one, we got to talk about the winner, right? We can't not. That's what people want to hear. What are the odds on who's going to win? Well, I don't want to bet on a team. I don't want to bet on any driver. I still don't know what's going to happen. You know, Leclerc was great. Red Bull had failures. I, I don't know if I don't know what's going to happen this week. So I'm going to go with what grid position of the winner, right? Where are they going to start on the grid, whoever the winner of the race is? And I'm going to go with second place. I think the winner of the 2022 Saudi Arabian Grand Prix is going to come from second place 
I'm getting plus 300 odds for the winner to come for that. All it takes, if this is a two-stop, you just need one good undercut, right? One good undercut on the pit stop and you overtake. We know Ferrari has that straight speed. Maybe I'm getting into my podium prediction now too much, but maybe we see Leclerc get pole and maybe we see Max Verstappen start second, but end up winning the race. We saw him almost do that in the first race of the season, being able to overtake him. And maybe he's able to get it done on the second race of the year. What do you guys think? That's a crazy, crazy odds. Um, holy crap. What are, what are P1 odds? That must be like minus P, P1 200. minus P1's minus 150. Second place is plus 300. And third or fourth place, and you can do it's third or fourth together. So, kind of like a parlay for either one to do it is plus 500. That's nuts. That's crazy. And I get it, right? It's a, it's a street circuit. And so it's very, very hard to overtake. We didn't see very many overtakes here last year. Uh, you're right about the undercut take, though. Uh, plus 300 is crazy. Uh, I don't know. It's, it's hard to predict something like that. Um, but it's far from plus 300. That seems nuts to me. Lewis Hamilton, the only reason he was A, the only reason he started P1 last year was because Max Verstappen crashed on the final lap. The only reason he finished P1 last year was because he had to overtake Esteban Alcon once, and then he also overtook Max Verstappen. There were overtakes last year. That's that's crazy odds. I don't know if I'd put money on it, but I can't believe that it's plus 300. That's wild to me. Yeah, I, th- I have the same reaction. That That's something that's, that's such a weird bet that it's, it's hard for me to say I want to put money on it because – I don't know. Maybe I'm a bit of a traditionalist when I, when I bet, which, you know, now I live in Georgia, which doesn't have legal sports books. So I don't really do that anymore, but uh, yeah, that's such a weird, unique bet. It it's, it's hard for me to say, yeah, let's go for it. I love it. But plus 300 is awesome value. I, I, I mean, I hear plus 300. I'm like, hell yeah, let's get it. But yeah, Esteban Ocon. I mean, all that all that takes, you know, <laughs> all that takes is after last week, we saw Ferrari pretty significantly faster than than Red Bull, but we saw Leclerc only qualify over Verstappen by a tenth. All that takes mm-hmm. is Verstappen being awesome, putting in a better lap than Leclerc, and Leclerc having the faster car and overtaking him and winning. Exactly. I just I hypothetical with Verstappen, but that could be anyone from second place. That's the joy of this bet, right? You're not even betting on necessarily a Ferrari, a Red Bull, or maybe it was someone with the longer shot like Mercedes getting second and doing it. You, anyone who ever starting in second is who you get to root for that day. So to give a recap of what we talked about and where we fall in after discussion, we have a long shot bet. We've all agreed over 18 and a half, over 17 and a half cars finishing their race at plus 350 is a long shot. We have points finish, which we're all a bit split on between Mick and Yuki, both having decent odds, but who really knows? Top six, we're not even going to talk about this weekend. This grid position we just covered of second place, surprised about the odds, maybe take a flyer on it. But the wheel to wheel, Formula One, Bet of the week for the 2022 Saudi Arabian Grand Prix is a Sergio Perez 
podium at plus 195. That is for Checo to either get third, second, or first. This is Wednesday, March 23rd, on which the odds are plus 195. Take advantage of it. The sooner you listen to these podcasts each week, the sooner you get these bets and take advantage of the odds. Yeah, you know Vegas is listening to us, and they're going to they're gonna change those odds as soon as this podcast drops. So get on it, listeners. Yeah, hey, guys, we, we have pull. Hey, I'm just saying, Botas, man, he was plus 250. And after quality, he went to minus 250 to be in the points. I'm just saying, we don't know everything. We're not analysts. We covered that, but we're more than just casual. So anyway, though, as we're we talking about learned. stuff, <laughs> let's get into podium predictions. Let's, let's start hearing who we think is going to finish in the top three. Do either of you want to kick us off? Someone want to grab the reins? I'll take it. I'll take it. And this is uh, stepping on what we were talking about with that Perez pr- prediction. I have Checo Perez finishing P3 on that podium, meeting those, those plus 195 odds, and I like it. P2, Charles Leclerc. I like it as well. I think I, I, I think it works out for him, but I, I, I do think we have a better driver for this track, and that's Max Verstappen finishing in P1. I want to go before Noah. Those are great. Those are really interesting. I have to go before Noah because I don't want him to take what I'm going to say. Cause I think the three of us might all have the same thing. I could be wrong, but I'm with Tanner spot for spot. I have Red Bull coming back. I have Carlos messing up. I have Red Bull coming back with vengeance. I have Checo Perez getting third, hating our bet of the week. I have Leclerc coming in second, still having a great time out there on the track. And I have Max Verstappen coming back, racing hard, and taking home first and winning the Grand Prix. Noah, do you have anything different? Lance, don't you worry a pretty little hair on your head. (laughs) I have something very minorly different. Hey, that's that's better than we had in our preseason predictions all going for Liz. So you know what? I'll take it. And maybe I should be more of a Ferrari homer so it gets even more different. But but I'm not going to change it up. So I also have Checo in P3 thinking that he'll put in a pretty good shift as, as the Red Bull driver with a pretty quick car. I then have Max Verstappen in P2. And in P1, I have Charles Leclerc because I do think that this Ferrari car is quickest. I think Charles Leclerc knows how to drive in street circuits. And I think having the fastest car means he's less prone to accidents, which he has seen in some street circuits before. And so I think that that puts him in an awesome spot to take home a repeat victory, giving him a pretty solidified lead as the first driver in the world driver championship i'll take it i'm glad we don't all have the same exact order of our podium a nightmare well i will say what it sounds like is gonna happen is carlos Sainz is gonna get a podium now oh that's probably what's gonna happen i'm just just putting that out there we didn't discuss those odds i'm no longer looking at the books but who knows hey Esteban hey, Alcon got P4 last year. I don't know. Maybe maybe he'll creep up the charts a little bit. All right, Tanner. All right, Tanner. All right, Tanner. I don't know much, 
but I do know Checo's going to be on that podium. I do know this was a great time previewing this Saudi Arabian Grand Prix. It's been really fun. And so be sure to check us out on Sunday or sometime next week after the race. We'll be doing a race review to see if we hit these bets. What are the storylines coming out? What cars finished? Do we have more engine failures? Is McLaren still struggling? Is Magnussen back in the points in P5? We'll see. And if you haven't listened to our previous episode, be sure to check out that where we review Bahrain covering the Ferrari 1-2, the Red Bull failures, and all that was the first race of the season. As always, thanks for listening. If you enjoyed this episode and you'd like to help support the podcast, please share it with others, post about it on social media, leave a rating, give us that five stars. To catch all the latest from us, follow us on Twitter at F1 Wheel to Wheel. Thanks again, and that's the checkered flag for today. We'll see you next time on the Wheel to Wheel F1 podcast.